Welcome into the Unnamed MMA Podcast, brought to you by Puncher's Chance Bourbon. Shout out to Puncher's Chance. Thank you for being a partner with the Unnamed MMA Podcast. Go to puncherschancebourbon.com to find out where you can get Puncher's Chance. You can get it right from there. But shout out to Puncher's Chance. Thank you for joining the Unnamed MMA Podcast. I'm Adam Abdallah. Along with me, as always, is Jordan Sherwood. You can follow him on Twitter at WoodonESPN1000. You can follow me at Adam A. Abdallah. If you missed our last episode, it was a special one. We talked to Bruce Buffer, the voice of the Octagon. You can get that on the ESPN Chicago app or wherever you're listening to this podcast. He joined us courtesy of Puncher's Chance, so check that out. We talked about his great career, some of his favorite fights, some of his favorite announcing times, and also what he thought of uh, last week's UFC 287 and what he thinks of this week's uh, UFC Fight Night in Kansas City. And I think the most interesting thing, too, was he talked about the fighters that he loved announcing for and kind of like really went specific and talked about how he there's certain fighters that he feeds off of them that he's allowed to creep into their space when they're inside the octagon. That was extremely fascinating. And then I loved hearing how he takes his bourbon and you know, if he'd consider announcing a, a WWE match because of the, the new uh, merger between the WWE and UFC. So fascinating interview, fascinating guy, fascinating career. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I kind of like the, the fighters that get into it with him, you know, that I, th- I think that's more fun at an event like that because, yes, I know you're trying to punch people in the face and win a fight and not get killed, and I get that. <laughs> but, like, at the same time, it's entertainment. It's a show, right? Like, be part of the entertainment. That's what I like. Exactly. That's what I and, like those are the, and I love those guys. I mean, he mentioned Dan the Outlaw Hardy, who's one of my favorite fighters of all time. That was one of the first guys that fed off of Bruce Buffer and, and his excitement in the octagon. So it should be a part of the, the camaraderie uh, and the entertainment that exists within the UFC and in every MMA fight we get. Absolutely. So let's get into this yeah. UFC fight night taking place uh, on Saturday in Kansas City. We've got a good main event for you. It's going to be Max Holloway against Arnold Allen. But first, we kick it off with the local guy, one of our favorite fighters, Clay Guida out of Round Lake, Illinois, against Rafa Garcia. Guida just keeps fighting, man. It's his 17th year in the MMA, and he is plus 190, the underdog, to Rafa Garcia, minus 250. I hope we're going with the underdog here in Clay, in Clay Guida. He's one of the best fighters to watch. He's been doing it forever, like I mentioned. And, of course, he's local. How can we not go with the local guy? But I leave that up to the expert here in Jordan Sherwood. Well, it has nothing to do with Clay the Carpenter Guida, you know, being a, a Chicagoan and, you know, Johnsburg, Illinois, and, you know, lo- whatever, loves the Cubs. But, I, you know, he, you know, big sports guy. And I, I think I talked about this earlier the fact that, like, you can get so many different local stories about guys that know Clay Guida, grew up with him, went to school with him. My picking of Clay Guida has nothing to do with that. It's the fact that he has a favorable matchup once again as an underdog. And people continue to underestimate the two skill sets that I think pay dividends for longevity in this sport. That is a background in wrestling, and that is cardio. And Clay the Carpenter Guida, at 41 years of age, still has it. And it's shocking to me that he could be found in on some sports books over a 2-1 to underdog. He's plus 195 right now at FanDuel as we record this podcast 
on Thursday afternoon, and I am recommending a play on Clay the Carpenter Guida. That style that he's going to bring inside the octagon against Rafa Garcia has played Garcia throughout his career. He has struggled struggled with guys like Chris Grutzmacher, like Drakkar Close, that will utilize cardio, utilize wrestling, and get fights to the ground where they can control. This is actually likely a fight, Abdallah, that betting it live is going to be even more valuable to you if you are on the Clay, the Carpenter Guida side because in all likelihood, Garcia is going to get off to a quick start. He might even win that first round, but he has struggled throughout his entire career with his cardio and the pace that Clay Guida is going to bring, I think is going to pay dividends in the long run. So that is why, yes, I like Clay the Carpenter Guida straight up on the money line. Love it. And I think that even, you know, again, betting him live, probably looking him at him as a decision. You know, he's not never really been known as a finisher. He's a grinder. He definitely does have some submissions. He has some punching power, but I think just relying on his grit, his tenacity, the wrestling and the cardio is going to be enough for me, especially as a two-to-one dog, for me to put faith that Clay DeCarbonaguid is going to get his hand raised. Love it. I'm locking it in right now at plus 190 on FanDuel. How does he win this fight? Because if we look at method of victory, Guida to win by decision at plus 330 to win by knockout is 12 to 1 and submission is 14 to 1. Yeah, it's going to have to be decision if I'm going to make a recommended play on that Co- a combination of what I just alluded to with Clay the Carpenter Guida really not known for, you know, finishing submission skills or finishing knockout power. Plus the fact too that Garcia, you know, he's 14 and 3. All three of those losses have come by way of decision. He's also got five wins via decision. So he's a guy that doesn't go out and finish guys. And if he goes to the judges' scorecards, uh, you know, he's won more often than he's lost, but he's likely to lose on the scorecards. So that's why if you need a little bit of juice, if plus 190, 195, not enough for you, then certainly the prop play uh, a little bit more value on Clay Guida. No, two to one's pretty good. We'll just we'll just stick with two to one as as to a way to start this UFC fight night main card. Our next fight: Pedro Munoz against Chris Gutierrez. Pedro Munoz is plus one seventy five. Chris Gutierrez is minus two thirty. Pedro Munoz uh, hasn't won since twenty twenty one. His last appearance was a no contest against Sean O'Malley. A fight that he was winning. A fight that he was winning. Uh, at UFC 276, and Gutierrez enters on a four-fight winning streak, an eight-fight unbeaten streak, uh, and he obviously forced uh, Frankie Edgar into retirement at Madison Square Garden last November. That was the his last fight. So how do we see this one? Are we going with the dog again, or is Chris Gutierrez just on well, that much well, of a hot streak? I think the first question that I have to ask you, so I'll throw it back to you. I hate. Exactly. I know you probably don't like question. Uh, you know, going back with the question. No, no, no. The question. Listen, answer, at, answer what, question at what point question. does a nickname need to change? Okay. Because Pedro Munoz now is 36 years of age, and he's still known as the young Punisher. Well, how You're old not is, young anymore. Well, okay. Is is it just a, is it um is it is it an age thing, or is it like uh, like Young Jeezy, the rapper? I'll will talk about it in terms oh, that I understand. Over my head. Okay, I'll talk about it in terms I understand. Okay. No, you're old. You're young enough for Jeezy to be hot in the streets. Okay, I feel like Jeezy was hot when you know. I don't know just how old you are. Just continue. I didn't okay. mean to throw you off. But now he's just Jeezy. He dropped the young. And like Lil Bow Wow dropped the Lil, even though he's still kind of Lil. Lil Wayne, still Lil Wayne, because he's always Lil. So, I don't know. I mean, I feel like if it's just your nickname, it's just your nickname, right? Yeah, it is. I mean, he's not out fighting here at 55. 
if he's still fighting at 55 years of age well, that's my in point. the Bantamweight division that's what I'm in saying. the UFC, give him his own wing that's in what mixed I'm saying. martial arts. That's what I'm saying. So I feel like you can still go young. I consider myself younger. I'm 38 years old. I don't call myself Young Adam. But still, that's fine. It's his nickname. Yeah. Because uh, what else, what, what's his nickname? Young? The Young Punisher. The Young Punisher? Well, he can't just be the Punisher. No, he can't. Okay. And he can't be the young. And he just can't be the young. And right. he's not going to be just the. And he's not going to be that that loser that changes his nickname. No, you can't do that. So I feel like you've stuck with it. It's there. You, you realize Rory McDonald changed his nickname like four times. No, you can't do that. Four times. You can't do that. You're allowed one AOL instant messenger name and you're allowed one nickname and that's it. I'd be surprised if I And I will forever right be Metalhead1384. I, I, well, it's funny. I was just—we were just talking about nicknames, and I've had two in my hey in my day. Your nickname so, or your like AOL screen name? Oh no, my AOL screen screen name was what was it? Oh man, gosh. So you're not that old. P you Wood, still, ten, you, I think it was P Wood ten twenty two. See, if you had an AOL instant messenger name, you're not that old. Okay. Uh, quick synopsis on this. Back to the fights. No, what are you? What were your nicknames? Oh, it was. Well, it's, it still is. It's Wood. It's just easy. Yeah, because yeah, sure. Would. And yeah, the other yeah. one, like in high school, up until like a couple years into college, was Head because I had a giant cranium and a really small body, kind of oh, like from the kid. Okay. So I married an ex murderer. Yes. So everybody called me Head. Kid. Kid. Head. Move. <laughs> Huge cranium. I mean, you can see it now, right? My head is. Extremely yeah, but large. your body is so, grown into yeah, it's grown it. Into yeah, it yeah, now that I'm 41 years it. of age, thankfully. Okay. My brother's still a dick, though. He calls me head every time, every <laughs> once in a while. That's Bottom awesome. line for me in this fight, it's gatekeeper time. Man, you know, Pedro Munoz now, like, he's literally the gatekeeper for the upper echelon of, of the Bantamweight division. He's still extremely talented, very durable. Uh, you know, has very good cardio, but, you know, he's lost now to the best of the best, the Jose Aldos, the Dominic Cruises, the Aljamain Sterlings of the world. He was winning the fight against Sean O'Malley before the eye poke, but Sean O'Malley, because of his talent, maybe would have, you know, overcome that that first round. Chris Gutierrez, is you got to ask him now, is he going to make that next jump, jump up in competition? He looked great in his last fight, finishing Frankie Edgar, but Frankie Edgar has not been the same. So... Uh, and I believe Chris Gutierrez is better than Pedro Munoz because of his leg kicks. Uh, Chris Gutierrez has some of the best calf and leg kicks in the sport of mixed martial arts. There's another guy that we're going to talk about that also has outstanding leg kicks later on in the co-main event. But I think the lateral movement that Pedro Munoz is wanna, going to want to try and utilize is going to be stopped immediately after he feels one or two of those leg kicks. Now, granted, Chris Gutierrez has had a stinker before, but during this, this streak that he's on, he has continued to evolve as a fighter. He comes from a great camp, and I like him, but there is a but. There's just too much on the money line right now for me to risk. I mean, it's it's too much for me to ask him at a, at a $2, over $2 favorite. Mm -hmm. Is he ready for the deeper waters of the Bantamweight division. So you know where I'm headed. I like Chris Gutierrez, but I'm stuffing in him into yeah. a parlay. All right. We will add him to our parlay as far as method of victory goes. Gutierrez by points is plus 110. Gutierrez by knockout is th plus 380. And, Guti and Gutierrez by submission is 15 to 1, so that's not happening. But we're just going to put him in that parlay and hopefully add a couple more fights to this uh, so we can have a nice little payday after Clay Guido wins his fight at a t as a $2 favorite there. Our next fight, 
uh, as we go through this main card here. Tanner Bozer against Ion Kudalaba. Tanner Bozer making the move from heavyweight to light heavyweight. Um, he It's been a, nearly a decade since he fought at light heavyweight, but he is making his debut at 205 this week, and Ion Kudalaba is looking to stop a three-fight slide. So how do you see this one? A guy who's cutting a lot of weight, getting down to light heavyweight, or a guy who hasn't really won in a while coming in. It's two guys that are kind of in uncharted waters. A lot of variables in this one, and this is going to be a fight that you most certainly have to wait. We're recording again this podcast on Thursday afternoon. you got to wait until the weigh-ins on Friday afternoon. I mean, Tanner Uh, Bozer has been a a, a smaller heavyweight for sure throughout his career, but you're going to have to wait and see what he looks like on the scale. Is he going to be able to make a successful cut to 205? He looked fine on Instagram. He's been looking, he's been posting pictures about him making the, the, the cut down. So he's looked fine for sure, but you don't know about those those last couple of pounds, how he's going to, to factor into that. So that's the first thing. The second thing is, is that this line has flipped. Ian Kudilaba opened up as the underdog in this fight. Thinking about it, it's a little bit stepped down in competition. Kudilaba has struggled with the top tier of the light heavyweight division, and I don't think anybody would automatically assume that Tanner Bozer jumping into 205 is going to be thrown in that category. People got smart. The line was flipped. And the and the furthermore, the line flipped is because Ian Kudilaba has struggled with guys that have looked to take him down to the ground. Tanner Bozer has attempted zero takedowns in his entire UFC career. So in all likelihood, we're not going to start to see that asset of his game that he's going to look to take Ian Kudilaba to the ground, who also has you know a background uh, in, in Greco-Roman wrestling. So for me, I think it's going to have to be the over at one and a half. Just a feeling out process. Both guys stand up fight. Um, if you need a winner in this fight, I'm going with Kudilaba. I think that he's going to showcase again his skills of, uh, of the crazy man, the striking, uh, the, the boxing, uh, maybe him utilizing some of his takedowns to get the win. So I agree with the sharp money that came in on Kudilaba early to flip this line from him being the underdog to him being the favorite. I still think there's value. FanDuel at a dollar thirty-five right now. I still think it's there. So if you noticed, uh, I mentioned, um, did not mention lines because this fight is locked currently on FanDuel. There are no lines for this fight currently on FanDuel. Now, in other shops, it is Ayan Kudalaba at minus 130 and Tanner Bozer at plus 110. Method of victory here for Kudalaba is uh, plus 130 by knockout, plus 700 by decision, and then 10 to 1 for submission for Bozer. It's plus 240 by knockout, plus 350 by submission, and 18 to 1 for submission. But right now, this fight is off the board at a couple shots. Well, that could be in a couple of things. One, that something is happening within the weigh-ins. You know, obviously people reacting, as I just mentioned, about the, the sharp money coming in, flipping the line earlier on in the week. And a, a lot of people having to wait and see if Tanner Bozer can make this cut. You know, to to two oh five again. It's it's the most dramatic difference in weight. Obviously, with the sixty pounds allotment of you know two oh seven to two sixty five for for heavyweight compared to the two oh five. It's the most dramatic jump within weight classes. So. Um, I guess it's a wait and see, but if, if you're able to find it somewhere else, we'd love you to use FanDuel, but if you have to use it somewhere else, Ian Kudilaba is the play. Yeah, we'll keep an eye on it while we're recording. Maybe something will come out uh, by the end of the podcast. Our next fight, Dustin Jacoby, light heavyweight division here against Azamat. I know, Dustin our guy. Jacoby, our guy, against Azamat Mirzakhanov. Mirzakhanov is 12-0. and 0. He is undefeated, 33 years old. Uh, Justin Jacoby, he's 6-0-1 in his first seven fights after returning to the UFC. So, I mean, this is, you know, this two guys that are 
at the height of their fighting right now. Uh, this should be a great fight. Uh, right now, Mirzakhanov is plus 136. Our guy, Dustin Jacoby, plus one set or minus 175, the favorite here. Does Dustin Jacoby keep his winning ways, or does Azamat uh, Mirzakhanov finally uh, get to 13 and 0 here? I, I think that the O has got to go. I, I think Dustin Jacoby is going to get a stand up fight. He's definitely going to be the best stand-up fighter that Mirzakhanov has ever seen. Just Jacoby truly benefited from flaming out of the UFC, going over to glory, perfecting his kickboxing, his standing, and then coming back to the UFC. And we did see Dustin Jacoby lose a couple of fights ago, but he's got great takedown defense. He's got very elusive and difficult to kind of mirror striking in training camp. He's got very strong cardio. Merzikhanov, I question his cardio. I question when the first or, or second thing he wants to do within a fight does not work. He really had to have a miracle of a finish in his UFC debut. It was a flying knee knockout. It was an impressive knockout, but it wasn't against a, a high-caliber competition. So I think Dustin Jacoby just straight up on the money line, don't really need to get cute on the, the, the method of victory. All right. Um, and I think he just wins straight up. And, and, and where I'm going is I, I like him on the money line at $1.70, $1.75. But I think also you could couple him with Chris Gutierrez, who we mentioned earlier over Pedro Munoz, maybe get a little bit more value on both. That was going to be my next question. Are we stuffing him into a parlay there? And the answer is absolutely yes. So we will take Justin Jacoby at minus 175. You said avoid the method of victory, so we'll just stuff him into the parlay. Our next fight is Edson Barbosa against Billy Quantarillo. Uh, Quantarillo is a minus 190 favorite. Edson Barbosa plus 148 here on the money line as the underdog. Barbosa, 37 years old, so he can't be young Barbosa anymore, or whatever his nickname is. He can't be, we can't put young uh, in front I, of I don't that. even think he has a nickname. All right, he's, that's he's, fine. He actually, you know, it's funny, he's junior. Well, oh, junior? That's okay. A, that's All right, well, you can still be a junior. I mean, if right. your dad's name is also Edson, you could be a junior as well. Uh, he is looking to snap a two-fight skid as well as Billy Q has gone 5-2 and two since getting into the NFC. Uh, or the UFC, sorry, the NFC. <laughs> Talking Bears here. Uh, the UFC. So how does this fight go? What do you see? This Does the, the old man or junior uh, Edson Barbosa at 37 get the win here as a uh, an underdog here? Does Billy Q get the win here as a favorite? It is absolutely crazy. Crazy the the ske- the strength of schedule that Edson Barbosa has fought throughout his UFC career. I mean, it is amazing. It is the who's who of the lightweight uh, division and, and featherweight division. Um, I'm very surprised that I'm not surprised that Edson Barbosa is the underdog. Billy Q has been surging. Edson's lost two fights in a row. He struggled against Giga Kukazi. He he lost to Bryce Mitchell. But, you know, you're realizing the path to victory now with Edson Barboza is to, like, get him down to the ground, like pressure him and get him down to the ground. And those are certainly two attributes that uh, Quarantillo will, will, will bring inside the octagon. The one issue that I'm, that I'm hesitant to recommend Billy Q in this fight is because he doesn't have the best defense. He usually takes a strike to give a strike. And Edson Barboza is certainly the wrong mm-hmm. opponent to have that method into trying to claim victory. I, I worry about Edson Barboza landing, landing something. And look, in the last fight that we saw with Billy Q, 
uh, Alex uh, the Great Hernandez landed and was winning in that first round. I think Billy Q was it Alex Hernandez? No, I might be confusing it with with someone else, but I'm going to look at this real quick to just confirm. Yeah, it was Alex Hernandez. Alex Hernandez was landing in that first round until Billy Q turned it around and won in that second round, and that certainly could happen. That certainly, I believe, could happen. But I think for me. Because of just, again, how great Edson Barbosa is. He's seen this caliber of fighter before. He's going to be prepared. I like Edson Barbosa on the money line to win the fight straight up. If you want to then kind of hedge, live bet it and take Billy Q. If it it gets into the second round, you might want to invest in Billy Q. He's likely down on the scoreboards, losing the first round. But the cardio at times for Edson Barboza has been questioned because of his age and because Billy Q just keeps coming and gets stronger as the fight goes. Uh, a recommendation maybe on Billy Q to hedge it. All right, so the underdog there of Barboza at plus 150. Method of victory here, Barboza by knockout is plus 420. Like you mentioned, take a hit to, to, to make a hit. And then Billy Q by submission is plus seven, uh, 700. Uh, Billy Q by points is plus 240. Billy Q by knockout is also plus 240. And Ezin Barbosa by points is plus 380. So we're just going to go with the underdog, though, straight up because there's no point in trying to get a method of victory there uh, If with at plus 150 for the underdog there. Uh, our main event here is Max Holloway against Arnold Allen. Last time we saw uh, Max Holloway, he lost to Alexander Volkanovsky in that trilogy fight. Uh, last July. So now he is back and he's going to be fighting uh, Arnold Allen here. He is a uh, Max Holloway himself is a minus 196, almost minus 200 favorite here. And Arnold Allen is plus 150, the underdog. So this should be a good fight despite the odds, but Max Holloway coming back after losing that trilogy fight to Alexander Volkanovsky. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think a lot of this has to do with not many people just know who Arnold Allen is and just the, the caliber of fighter he is. I mean, he's 19 and 1. His most recent effort was his most impressive. He's finished Kelvin Cater in the second round. It was via a knee injury, but he did get the win. And, and you know, besides that, you know, Dan Hooker, Sadiq Youssef, not the names that are on the resume of a first ballot Hall of Famer, Max Holloway. Mm-hmm. What were you doing in 2013? Let's see. 2013, I was working here. Working here, just doing the same, <laughs> same one. I was working here, not hosting uh, the unnamed. All right, what podcast. about in your what about in your life? Um, um, let's see. I had actually the year I got married. Year you got married. It was the year I was getting, I was planning a wedding, and I was getting married in October. Okay. Yeah. There you go. So yeah. you think about how long ago that was. Yeah, it was now, a long time what, ago. what you and Whitney are going through, and obviously having a yeah. little baby girl at mm-hmm. home and whatnot. All right, that was the last time Max Holloway lost a non-championship fight. Wow. And that was against Conor McGregor. Wow. Okay. This dude just doesn't lose like non-championship fights. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, he lost to Alexander Volkanovsky, but you know, out, outside of that, he's beaten everybody. He he beat Yair Rodriguez, who is now fighting for the the title. He beat Calvin Cater. He beat Frankie Edgar. Bryant. You know, I mean, Max Holloway is phenomenal. His mm-hmm. volume, his cardio. It, you it, you only have to ask like at what point do the wheels come off like he's been in so many wars and so many five round fights where he took significant damage yet came out on top i don't like arnold allen just because i don't know if he's prepared for five rounds of max holloway the boxing that max holloway is going to bring and really the the volume and cardio arnold allen has slowed down in significantly in a lot of his fights 
Uh, and if he's doing that in three-round fights, man, what are you going to do in a five-round fight in front of a live crowd with Max Holloway coming after you? I like Max Holloway on the money line, but why not just throw him into the Gutierrez and Jacoby parlay? And I think the over at three and a half is certainly also a safe play because Max Holloway really isn't going out there and finishing people anymore. He's just winning very impressive five-round decisions when it goes to the judges' scorecards for him. There's certainly the risk because Arnold Allen has carries a lot of power. The southpaw stance could cause some issues for Max Holloway, but I think the safest two plays on this are Holloway on the money line, stuffing him into the parlay. If you need a prop, it's him via decision to humble Arnold Allen and, and understand, like, look, buddy, there are levels to this game, and Max Holloway is still, you know, that 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 gatekeeper, if you will, to you get through Max Holloway, you're fighting for a title. Yeah, so that method of victory that you mentioned, Holloway by points is plus 180, Holloway by knockout is plus 250, and Holloway by submission at 14 to 1, that's not going to happen. So you've got plus 180 for points and plus 250 for knockout right there. Uh, but we will stuff him into that parlay, and right now we've got Chris Gutierrez, Dustin Jacoby, and Max Holloway in that parlay. Anything else that you like in the prelims or something else to stuff in this parlay? I like, well, okay, if I'm going to stuff another thing into the parlay, I like Bill Elgio against TJ Brown. I think TJ Brown is, is, is too wild, too unpredictable. Bill Elgio is always a solid fighter. Good all-around game. Been through fire. I think he's going to be able to, has seen everything that TJ Brown. So he's a two-dollar favorite. So maybe you throw him. The other one I will recommend, I hear from uh, you know some of the, my contacts that Jillian Robertson's weight cut is going fine. She's moving down in weight. So she should have a significant advantage over uh, Pierre Rodriguez on a prelim fight. So Jillian Anderson straight up on the money line as well. All right, so our parlay right now is Chris Gutierrez. It's going to be good. We're going to have some good value here. Dustin Jacoby, Max Holloway, and Bill Algio. This is pays four to one right now. Four to one. So four fights, it plays four to one. Bet a hundred win four hundred. Bet ten win forty. So whatever you want to do there. I'm going to check this main card again. No, that Tanner Bozer Ian Kudalaba fight is still locked. But our official picks right now: Clay Guida plus one ninety. The local kid Kudalaba and Bozer over one and a half. And Barboza at plus 150, plus the parlay there. Hopefully those all cash for you. That's a nice little payday right there if those all hit for you, especially that parlay there at 4-1. to one. He's Jordan Sherwood. Follow him on Twitter at WoodonESPN1000. I'm Adam Abdallah. Follow me on Twitter at Adam A. Abdallah. This is the Unnamed MMA Podcast. It's brought to you by Puncher's Chance, Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Check them out at puncherschancebourbon.com. It's great neat. It's great on the rocks. It's great mixed in in a Manhattan or an old-fashioned. Make sure you pay up a bottle for this weekend's UFC fights. Check them out at punchershancebourbon.com and we will be back next week for another episode of the Unnamed MMA Podcast. Thanks for listening.